Hello, Hi Rock. Welcome to our daily devotional. Pastor Chris is with us today from our Arlington congregation as we continue our walk through the Gospel of Luke. And today we're going to be in chapter 5, verses 17 through 26. And Chris, if you would read that for us, uh, that sure. would be wonderful. Sure. One day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all of Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, to be to God. Well, this uh, uh, story is a great example of a principle we've been talking about, how the miracles are signs. They point to something, kind of like when you point with your finger at something, it's a mistake to look at your finger. You want to look where the finger is pointing. And uh, the people have been so focused on the miracles themselves rather than looking to where they point. And here, Jesus doesn't even do a miracle until... Uh, they they challenge his authority to teach. And so he does uh, to say that he can forgive sins. And uh, then Jesus does the miracle to point to the fact that he does have this authority as the son of man. He can actually claim uh, an authority that belongs to God alone. There's a lot of people who you know wondered, does Jesus really claim to be God? Why is he so secretive about it? Some people uh, critics will even say, well, Jesus didn't actually claim to be God. It's it's just the disciples, the apostles afterwards who wrote those kind of details in to kind of uh, puff up their own importance. Uh, but we see clearly here, Jesus is claiming the prerogatives of God. There are some reasons we talked about yesterday that Jesus doesn't want to make this an issue yet. It's going to lead to his execution, and he has a lot more to do before that point. But he clearly is claiming to do something that belongs to God alone, which is why they are so offended at this point. And so he does the miracle in order to point to that. The miracles are signs, they're pointers. But I, I thought today, uh, as we were talking, we might focus more on the first half of the passage, uh, just the, the the friends who get together and uh, decide that they are going to bring their friend. They, they love their friend so much, they're going to decide to bring him to Jesus in order to be healed. And so there's no room in the place. They have to, uh, there's usually a staircase on these houses where you can walk up to the second floor and they have to dig through the roof in order to get their friend to Jesus and then lower him down all this way. You got to imagine this was quite a scene, even just like with the dirt coming through the ceiling as they're like walking around on it and digging through. And then finally to see 
you know, a, a mat that this person is sleeping on to lower it down. It's going to take up a lot of room. And you get, can you just imagine the the kind of ruckus that this was creating in this moment that Jesus is trying to teach and heal people and whatever mm. the case might be. And, and Jesus sees their faith and he just simply says, your sins are forgiven, which I don't think is what they were really there for, even though that's the more important thing. Jesus does the more important thing. He forgives this person's sins. But in order to prove that his sins are actually forgiven, that Jesus has that authority, he he does the miracle and tells him to get up and walk. And so that, of course, is what they were there for in the first place. Uh, they were there for the, the sign, not for the, the, the ultimate blessing. But we're given this opportunity, seeing this miracle, to, to see what the ultimate blessing is, is that our sins can be forgiven, that we can be restored into right relationship with God and with one another. Uh, but Chris, I'm wondering what you see in this passage, especially because uh, it's interesting that the people in this case are such an obstacle that, uh, you know, that, that people who want to see Jesus are the obstacle that sometimes we have to get through in order to get our friends to Jesus. I'm wondering what you see in today's passage. Well, first of all, I, I really appreciate you started with, and, and yesterday's daily devotion was really, you know, this idea of authority, because the men that gather up this guy on a mat who's paralyzed, clearly they must have a sense that Jesus has the authority to do this thing that they hope for, which is to heal this man. Um, and although I would also just say, it seems like in that time that uh, sin was closely associated with something that was, you know, some sort of ailment that was, you know, bothering someone. So it's, they were also maybe perhaps thinking in a way, I know you're saying that maybe they weren't, but I'm like, maybe they were thinking that this is a thing about sin that Jesus has that authority. And, and, and again, I just, I, this image of all these people jammed in the house, perhaps all thinking the same thing, that this great rabbi has a different kind of authority. And so they've all packed in there. And now somebody that really needs to get to Jesus to be healed and to be, to be forgiven, perhaps, um, can't get in. Well, they're all followers. They're people that are trying to find Jesus. And, and so I wonder, as we read that in a modern context, how do we think of that as we are all within the church, the folks that have jam-packed the room and maybe made it hard for someone that really needs Jesus to, to get to him? Uh, that's a big question to ask. I, I think even as, you know, what are those things that we have created that are obstacles within Hyrock to uh, really those folks that really need to have an encounter with Jesus, that that loving forgiveness and grace that we find in Christ, that healing power that we know that comes through relationship with our creator. Um, how are ways that we maybe are the very crowd that keep that person from Jesus? Um, I find that a bit of a troubling question because that could be a lot of different things um, that our programs that we've gotten really attached to that maybe no longer serve us the best that they could. I mean, Dave just preached about this, right? Like new wineskins. Are we, do we have old wineskins that are inflexible and have turned to vinegar? Um, and so those are now barriers or ways in which we hold on to that as the church that really don't serve the world around us. Um, and so this group of people saw that obstacle and said, we're going to work around it. Um, and so it's really one of these great images within the Bible of teamwork, uh, because somebody had to say, hey, let's do this. And, and they collectively gather this idea. I, I don't know what there's no indication of what their planning session was, but they pretty quickly put a plan together to go up on the roof, uh, 
someone had to eyeball through the door maybe to see where Jesus was, because if they dug in the wrong spot, you know, dirt and tile is going to fall on this great rabbi. That'd be pretty embarrassing. Um, if somebody lowered quicker than one of the other people, the guy would fall right off his mat maybe. And now he needs even more healing, you know? And so if you're not really working together um, and, and really clearly on mission together, uh, you could they could have made things worse um, and, and certainly been embarrassing. That That's kind of what I see between the lines there. And again, just looking in our context as the church today, are, are we all on mission? That's a great question to ask ourselves. Like, are we all working collectively uh, to, to find those people who are kept from Christ in some way, some obstacle, uh, to make sure that we're, we're working together to bring them there? And really, because ultimately, what does Jesus say when he sees all of this? He says, seeing their, it says in the text, seeing their faith, uh, he says, uh, your sins are forgiven. So it's the faith of these folks that work together that really heals this person. Um, that to me is a remarkable statement, seeing their faith. And the weight of that, that I feel of, would Jesus look at you, John, or look at me, you know, or the friends that we have in a church together, that he would, that Christ would say, seeing our faith, that this healing would happen. Um, and again, back again to this idea, like, do we fully believe that Jesus has this authority to do that? Are we faithful in that way to be on mission together and to work together to bring people to Christ? That's what I would long for. And so I think, um, you know, looking at the questions I ultimately kind of come away from this is, um, are we on mission together? And do we trust that Jesus has that authority to do the work that he does in this story? And does that, you know, motivate us to, to work together and to remove obstacles, whatever they might be? Um, that it's, it's a high calling, you know, in this story. Um, so it gets me pretty excited. I, you know me, I'm much more like, I always want to see like, what can we do um, mm -hmm. with what we have learned in the gospel? How are we sharing it? And so this is just to me, one of the great stories in God's word where we see that happening. You know, it reminds me of uh, the first time I encountered this passage uh, uh, where it was talking about uh, this encounter in a way that uh, presented us as either being helpers or obstacles to people coming to faith. Uh, he was, uh, this was a pastor who was challenging his congregation that they were so much focused on their building and their worship style and all that. And he's, you know, asking them, like, are, are you willing to tear a hole in the roof to get your friends close to Jesus? Or are you just getting in the way? And I've seen churches literally split over um, music styles, like how, how they're going to worship God. And because there was a significant part of the congregation that said, yes, the, the way we worship now suits our needs, but it's not allowing people to feel welcome who don't have, you know, 20, 30, 40 years with this style of worship. It feels uh, awkward to them. And so we want to be able to welcome them in a different way. You know, and, and I even you think about like our current building and uh, it's been what, like 10 years in the making, almost finally getting into our new building. And, and really that starts not out of a desire to have a new building, but recognizing as we're stuffing people into overflow rooms and things like that, you know, the people who are regularly coming, they're willing to sit in overflow rooms or, or sit close to each other. But when you're trying to bring a friend or, or someone's walking in off the street, kind of that 80-20 rule, if, if there aren't at least 20% of the seats that are open to them, it just feels too crowded and they're yeah. going to turn around, likely turn around and walk away. And so yeah. it's been this kind of 
dream we've been waiting for to have this new space. And so I, I really hope people take advantage of it. We've, in essence, torn a hole in the roof, not really, but built built a bigger roof so that we can get more of our friends to Jesus. And I really hope that people are willing to do the teamwork, as you said, to think about, are, are we willing to, to make the invites, make the asks, make the connections to do what it takes to get our friends closer to Jesus, to have this this possibility of a life-changing encounter where they can hear your sins are forgiven. Yeah, I, I love uh, what you're saying there. Oh, I, I love what you're saying there too about the building thing. I this this there's a Swedish saying my dad used to share with me, um, which translated um, uh, it's a it says uh, if you don't want excrement in the built in the barn, don't have any animals. Um, obviously, it, it doesn't say ex, excrement in Swedish. <laughs> I won't say that, but um, but. It, he used to refer that to me because there's a lot of times when churches have buildings and they don't want the youth to use it because it's going to make a mess or they don't want to open it up to, you know, different ministries that might mess up the building. And well, then, then you don't have real life there. And um, so you begin to become the obstacle to folks really finding Jesus. Um, but uh, as you said that, that was an old phrase that uh, came to mind as you mentioned that. Well, Chris, I'm wondering if you'd be willing to close this in prayer that we would be willing to uh, follow this example here in bringing our friends closer to Jesus. Right on. Let me pray. God, we give you thanks for your living word and for the way in which this word speaks to us today in this wonderful story of where folks have come to see this amazing thing that Christ was able to do. And God, that these signs and wonders drew people in but it was ultimately the relationship with Christ that was transformative. God, we pray that that's the same thing here in our community, whatever it is that we strive to do as High Rock Church. God, that those things are signs and wonders and maybe some amazing things like Christmas concerts and cafes and a new building. God, people come to see that, but ultimately they are transformed and changed and drawn into a, a life-changing relationship with Christ who has the authority and the power to heal and to forgive and to give us a new life to the full. God, may that be something that we are on mission together here in this church. God, this is our earnest prayer that it would bear great fruit. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us today, Chris. Everyone else, thank you for being with us. And I hope that you're open to what God might have you do today to bring your friends closer to Jesus. Go in peace. Amen.